0: Welcome back. Hello. Welcome to mysteries, Murders. Monsters. And your mom. With moms. I'm Julie. I'm Nicole. And we're back. It's Sunday. It's early. Yeah. And I think I need more coffee.
1: I definitely need more coffee. So
0: speaking of coffee, uh, our friend Aaron owns the Wandering Barista, which is amazing. It is amazing. And yesterday was the Wellsboro Comic Con, which was the first one, and I didn't think I was actually going to go, I'm not going to lie, because I'm like, I can't take both of my kids by myself to this. And I ended up doing just that, and uh, I tried to help with the Haven Table, but with two children who can't stay in one place that did not really pan out. (laughs) Um, So I was there just in support, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But Aaron had a dark night Mocha is what it was called. And, of course, Atticus was like, I want the Batman coffee. I was like, buddy, I'm not going to buy you a Batman coffee. You can share mine. He's like, no, I want my own. Thankfully, Erin overheard this conversation. And she's a mom as well, so she gets it. Um, She said, well, I can make them a Batman like hot chocolate or a cold chocolate. And both of the boys were like, yeah. And Atticus (laughs) wanted a hot chocolate and Solomon wanted the cold chocolate. So it had um it had the bat symbol on the very top of it like that was oh yeah I
1: saw them they were cool it
0: was so cool and I wish I could have gotten the boys' reaction when so Solomon got his first and he was just he'd never seen anything like it he's like oh wow oh my gosh that's
1: so cool <laughs> that's awesome
0: and then and then Atticus got his and because he, he got a hot one so they let him look at it before he put the lid on and he was just like wow and they just thought it was the greatest thing and then i got mine and mine was actually coffee and it was probably one of the best coffees i've had in a long time so um if you're going to go to the wellsboro comic-con today Aaron will be there ask for it maybe she'll still have it i'm not sure and then stacy Kays was there and i got a really great oreo cupcake and when i of course my kids basically licked off all of the icing and the oreos that were on top of it but um i bit into it and there was like gooey chocolate and it's yeah so all of her good. cupcakes
1: have fillings oh it was so good when we did the she did a, ben- a benefit for haven and made mm-hmm. cupcakes for us to sell oh, for yeah, that winter fest right. yeah every single cupcake has a filling oh it was so I'm good. like that's the crazy like I didn't expect that she's yeah. like telling me the flavors and then she's like and whatever blah blah filling and I'm like
0: there's one of these has a filling it's like, so good
1: that's amazing like that your standard is a filling
0: I know that that should be everybody's standard, FYI. Right?
1: That should be the standard.
0: Um, <sighs> but we're going to go again today, I think. The boys want to go back.
1: We are probably not. I don't know. We have been pretty busy the last couple of weeks and felt like we needed to not we didn't even, people.
0: So we didn't even do the Comic-Con stuff. We just stayed on the green. And yeah. that took up the majority of the day. And then we accidentally got involved in a parade. <laughs> so nice. there was... A real Captain... I call him a real Captain America. So, like, it was an adult dude in a really, like, legit Captain America. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Yeah. Costume, and Solomon really, really wanted to go take a picture. So, um, Adrian and Bridget and Connor were there as well. So, we were all kind of in a troop together. And we went across the street. We got our photos. And then, all of a sudden, there was a parade with people (laughs) in costume. And they're all like, come on, come on, come on. And... So that happened. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun. It was great. Coffee from Aaron was delicious. Stacy Key's cupcakes were delicious.
1: Yeah. Delicious. Go do it. And then the my kid had a birthday. Went to a birthday party where they got to ride horses. So
0: I mean, that's pretty awesome. She was pretty
1: excited about that.
0: Where was that? Triple D uh, Farms, Middlebury. Uh, maybe I'll do Atticus's party there. It was cool. All right. Sorry, I had to take like a huge sip of my yesterday coffee. It actually sat out all day yesterday. And then I put it in the fridge when I got home and I don't even care. I'm just like, I'm still drinking it. It's fine. It's fine. This is, this is. Mine's still too hot. Like, this is things, me. So I'm
1: gonna do this.
0: Okay, so I have a title. It's called Colt House on Devil's Road. That's because it's legit what the story is. All right, so uh, we're gonna go back to a little, little Pennsylvania. And we're going to tour another fun and supposedly haunted area. We are going to travel to Chad's Ford Township in Delaware County, because I figured you would know where this is. This is in, like, your neck of the woods, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is about 25 miles southwest of Philadelphia. Population 3,170, and it is the battle site of the Battle of Brandywine. It is also the home of the Cosart Road, a.k.a. the Devil's Road. And a side note, this is also uh, the area where M. Night Shyamalan's The Village was filmed and mm-hmm. was also like the inspiration. Even though they called it Covington, and Covington's up here. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So before I get into the creepy phenomenon that's happening in this area, I must first tell you about the family who supposedly owns this property. And it's a name that I'm sure many of you will at least it, they'll ring a bell with. The DuPont family. So the DuPonts are one of the richest families in the United States. Their family fortune started in the mid-19th century, starting first in gunpowder and then expanding into chemicals and the automotive industries. Most notably are General Motors, a.k.a. under that umbrella is Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. In case you are curious as to how much this family is worth, let me tell you. As of 2016, the family fortune is estimated at a, just a small, $14.3 billion dollars. Yeah. And also to really understand how deep this family goes, uh, other families connected to them are the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers. So if you know anything about wonderful conspiracies and the literal 1% that owns every company ever, you'll understand why that's important. If not, Google it. It's known that the DuPont family were at one time heavily inbred because, you know, uh, oftentimes cousins would marry other cousins in order to keep the wealth within the family. These stories are also the There are also stories of the DuPonts doing devil worship in order to keep their family wealthy, which is true, has clearly worked out for them. Yeah, obviously. they're doing great. They're fucking doing fabulous. Their family is thriving. They've got a shit ton of money. I guess this is, this is what devil worship works. (laughs) This is your sign. Okay, Um, so this part is kind of a two-part story. First, we're going to talk about the road. Kosat Road, a.k.a. the Devil's Road, um, itself is a narrow single car lane. One of the first noticeable things on the road are the trees and the trees that align the road noticeably bend away from the direction of where the house is located and we will get to the house. Um, uh, You would think that the trees would bend towards sunlight, but they don't. They bend in the opposite direction. As you start to drive away from the area where the house is located, the trees bend back up into a more natural shape of a tree, like straight up and down. The reason for the trees bending in the opposite direction, according to local legend, is that the Colt House um, is there and it's due to the evil that lives on the property so the trees naturally bend away from said evil the second unusual tree <clears throat> shape is dubbed the skull tree <laughs> yep which gets its name again from a rumor regarding the dupont family due to the large amount of inbreeding happening oftentimes women would bear children who would be deformed in some manner the rumor is these children would be locked inside of the mansion somewhere and when they died they buried them under a particular tree um, to hide the fact that they were inbred but also in, in order to honor satan because you know they're satan worshipers and that's how they keep their money over time the tree itself would devour the bodies and then would eventually take the shape of a child's skull so if you make it past the road um, and you find the house uh there's a very long driveway to get to up to the house i had to do satellite images because mm-hmm. there are no photos of this house right um none um but you'll find an abandoned mansion aside from the rumors of the duponts holding satanic rituals there are also rumors of current satanic cults used in the area for their own current day rites and sacrifices as well as being a meeting area for the local KKK. The house itself is said to be a stone mansion and is to have inverted crosses built into the windows. And like I mentioned, there are no photos of the house. Satellite imaging shows that there are several structures at the address of the house, but that's all. Also, no one is certain who actually owns the property or the house currently. It's not owned by the DuPont family, Mm -hmm. but maybe if it is, you know, they paid a lot of money to erase that fact. So, um... It's weird,
1: though, if people are, like, going there, like... You feel like teens and people would be going that somebody would have a picture like
0: they can't get up there there's oh, okay. a reason for that okay so the other occurrence that happens on the devil's road is that of being chased off the road the road itself is posted with a slew of no trespassing no stopping or standing signs so if you don't get the hint you're not wanted on this road but if you still end up going down many claims say you'll you will be met and chased off the road. Apparently, men in blacked-out trucks wearing trench coats will speed up behind you and will force you off the road. That's the road I would end up on because I
1: get lost. I and I would end up I on that fucking road thing. and be like, why are all these signs? And then...
0: I thought the same thing. as when you're
1: listening to this, this is me. This is my fate.
0: <laughs> so, in, but also, uh, just to add another level of, you know, what the fuck, In August of 1978, the bodies of 18-year-old James Johnston, 17-year-old Dwayne Lincoln, and 20-year-old Wayne Sampson were found on this road. They were killed by, at the time, the infamous Johnston Gang. After these bodies were found, it did lead to the disbandment of the gang, but the rumor is that these bodies were found under the skull tree. An important note also is that all the rumors of Devil's Road started soon after. Locals even claim that the ghosts of the three boys are the reasons that the trees turn away from the road. Um, So over the last 40 years, this road and the house have grown a following from investigators to youngsters just looking to freak themselves out. But with that also comes the assholes who decide to trash the place. The trees along the road, as well as the skull tree, have all been vandalized. And these idiots also set across on fire, left remains of animals and graffitied all over the road, including the trees. Since then, the township has actually changed the name of the road. So now you are doomed to get lost on it because you won't even recognize (laughs) the name. (laughs) So it wouldn't be too surprising that they also hire people to possibly keep hooligans from destroying anything else. The skull tree has also been cut down and filled with cement, so it is no longer there. Uh Now that you know some of the history, let's hear a few stories from those people that I just mentioned. Not so much the idiots, but the investigators. And I got these stories from weird Pennsylvania. They have a whole website. They do. And the first story is very long, and I'm an asshole, and I didn't read these really ahead of time. (laughs) So, okay, bear with me. All right. When I was in high school, there was one particularly relevant story about a mansion located in the woods of the Brandywine Valley. This house was actually just north of the PA border and everyone called it the Colt house. Now, I'm not sure how this room was started. I do know that some of my friends' fathers could remember the same story involving the same location being told when they were in high school. According to local legend, this mansion is supposedly owned and operated by a satanic cult. In some versions, the cult is associated with a prominent Delaware family involved in the chemical industry, a.k.a. the DuPonts. (laughs) Um, Don't don't say their name. Don't say they who shall not be named. The window panes are in the shape of inverted crosses, even though no one has apparently seen this house. How the fuck do they know that? because there there's got to be a picture of it from sometime. like either in it. the past or so there's a couple dupont mansions and there is one that is abandoned and you can visit it like they don't yeah. mind and then there's this one
1: and there's so no weird.
0: fucking photos of this yeah one. like because yeah they
1: they own longwood <laughs> gardens too and like i think there's like a dupont thing there too
0: yeah i think um yes Because one of the DuPonts were really into, like, Mm -hmm. conservatory stuff and plants. Anyway. um, Okay. So the trees that line the road running along the side of the house grow at a very distinct angle away from the house In some areas away from their main source. Okay, so this is all. I've already told you all this shit, so let's just skip. (laughs) I'm so good at this. Well, that's the rumor. Done. Here's my personal experience with the cold house. I have been occasionally driving by the place with friends and researching its history for about seven years now. The window panes are actually in the shape of inverted crosses." Well, where the fuck? Where's the fucking photo proof, dude? People piss me off. I did this. I went here, but there's no photo proof. I have no receipts. This seems to be necessarily intentional. It may just be how these particular panes are shaped. The trees do grow at an extreme angle away from the house. Oh, uh, I've never seen trees so off kilter. In some places they seem to grow away from the main. Okay. Why are you repeating yourself? Uh, okay. There is a guardhouse, and then there are red trucks. They have actually followed me before on two occasions. The first was at night and the trucks lights were off. This is amazing because there are no street lights and the trees allow no moonlight. I couldn't understand how the driver was able to even stay on the road. I was behind it at first. The truck pulled over and waited for me to pass. It then pulled out and followed me until I was several miles from the house. I had one passenger in the car, and you can imagine the state we were in. We were scared to death, but really excited. The next time was also at night, but with a different friend. After we had driven past the guardhouse several times, we noticed that we were being followed by a red truck. Well, why the fuck are you passing this thing several times? Of course you look like a stalker. I would drive after you too we hadn't uh seen it even come onto the road we never saw the driver's face again we were followed until we were several miles from the house and the truck just pulled over to the side of the road again the headlights were off
1: i've never so seen it's not doing anything to you other than following you like it's yep. not like you know super malicious yeah. they're just like hey private property clearly marked Buckers. Get the fuck out
0: i have never seen anyone entering or exiting the main house or the guard house i know the truck's I know the trucks are housed at the guardhouse because at least five are usually visible in the driveway. The skull tree does look frightening like a human skull. I have never found any newspaper accounts confirming that remains of any kind were found in the tree. I have been able to find absolutely no evidence of sacrificial rites being performed during Halloween or at other times according to local records. Of course they wouldn't be in the records. I have also up at this point been unsuccessful in trying to dig up deeds or any type of records or tr- of transfers for the property and that's because that's what happens when people with lots and lots of money don't want you to know anything. Also like maybe
1: it's just an old house that they decided that they didn't like want, want anymore, anymore and then got rid of it and. But there would still be deeds like somebody. Yeah but a cash deal you like whatever. Well, You know. Yeah. like. I don't know. It could... I mean, it could really just be that simple, like... Or maybe they got lost. We have enough mansions. We're good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So this one's called On Bended Tree. There is a legend about a road nicknamed Devil's Road located off 202 by Concord Pike. As rumor has it, this is is a house or church used to perform satanic rites and rituals. At the beginning of the road, there are two arrow-shaped pickets known as the Gates of Hell. On this road, these trees are bent away from the church apparently and there are many trees spray painted with the number six 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 because of fucking assholes and that's i'm just adding that in there okay um there is a gate on the side of the road and off the road behind the church i have been on this road many times and the only strange thing i saw was on mischief night aka the night before halloween when myself and my friends saw shadowy orange lights lighting up the house i am pretty sure that it was candlelight but we did not want to make any assumptions so just sneak up there and look who fucking cares what's the worst that could happen (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Says the person who's watched a thousand horror I know. movies.
0: Oh, that's why it's funny. Um, <laughs> okay, so driving down the road towards the mansion, we noticed a pile of dead animals, mostly raccoons, slipped from the throat to their genitals and completely gutted. Maybe somebody was hunting. It, w- it was also there was a just a frame of an animal left. When we finally approached the mansion, I was even more disgusted. Hanging from the black iron gate were more carcasses like the ones we'd just seen. It's also said if you go at night, you can hear the satanic worshiping that goes on inside, word for word. Fortunately, we were there during the day. Okay, Brooke, but where are the fucking photos, okay? Photos, people. Where are the photos? A video? I mean, a video?
1: Anything. When was all of this happening? Like, this is like, if, if it's like, any of this is current at all. Hello, cell phone? Well,
0: even back then, like, I mean, if you know you're going to go do shit well, yeah, like this, take right. a disposable camera Just saying. Just saying. Okay, so Satan Road, as it is affectionately known, is a condemned road off of Route 100, apparently not 202, in Delaware. Its entrance is easy to miss, despite the bright orange warning signs because of the way 100 bends and because of the overgrowth of the area. The state has attempted to blockade the road with signs of $1,000 penalty to trespassers, but this this has not stopped nosy teens, including the one writing this the entryway um let's see i don't care we're gonna i don't care about repeating all this the Satan worshippers wait for your arrival at the entrance of the road in black suvs apparently not red ones as soon as you start to slow down and turn they will turn on their headlights pop out from hiding and chase you onto the bridge i myself have been chased once by the suv and have seen some sort of an eerie bright blue flash When we were about to enter the road, that scared us enough not to bother with the road at night. Or you were trespassing, and it's security, and they were just Uh, yeah. What what makes the people
1: driving black SUVs Satan worshippers is the part I haven't figured out. Because it's the color black, obviously. Like I drive a
0: black SUV, so clearly. (laughs) I used to drive a black SUV. (laughs) I mean, I'm just I must be one of them. This one is called "Run when you see the whites of their eyes," and I'm gonna do my best to. There's I don't even what do they mean? There's an old church in the middle of the field. So again, satellite imaging will show you there is only there's a very long driveway and there are like two maybe three structures on this piece of property. There's nothing random in the field unless it's gone and the newest satellite images don't. Whatever. Okay. Finding the church. We follow the road down for at least two hours until we found the gate leading back to the church. Of course, the road is completely littered with KKK and double worshipper graffiti. They must have been walking. The gate was secured with a fresh padlock, and the path leading back to the church was extremely overgrown. Thus, my Bronco would not have fit. You definitely need a Jeep or to go on foot. So why didn't you? Just around the time of finding the gate, a car passed us. The driver's faces were completely white with dark hair, sporting the gothic look. There are... <laughs>
1: They're, All right, <laughs> that was it. <laughs>
0: sporting the
1: gothic, gothic look, <laughs> it sounds like someone on a runway. I don't think, and here comes, and here comes
0: Michelle <laughs> with her gothic look. And sporting I think, her gothic look, I think most most goth kids can will agree with me. They don't sport anything. Sports aren't really up their alley. It's not really anyway their eyes were also white like perhaps they were rolled up all the way what does that mean like behind their head needless to say we were both out of there like a bat out of hell numerous people including close friends have been there usually you get chased away by a black pickup truck or black broncos
1: so uh, the
0: obvious the is this like oj simpson's brother only the black bronco rather than a white bronco okay um so i've heard a story about a bible inside a black church on devil's road it won't let you take it out because it gets too heavy well that's stupid why would that be i've also heard that there's a certain radio station that plays music that they play in the background during their rituals yeah i heard the station once it was a it was faint and hard to pick up some say they broadcast it on only a powerful enough signal so the worshipers hear it and go meet up all right this is the last one I've been on Devil's Road numerous times, at least a hundred, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I have been up to I have been up to the devil's house, but I didn't take any photos because again, I'm an idiot. The roof is lined with metal crows facing all in the same direction, and there is a white cement bench in the front yard with a demon's face perfectly carved in it. I mean you could have taken paper and pencil and just, you know, did one of those. Okay. People really do chase you out of there. I remember one time, around 2 p.m., boom, Okay, I was driving with one, one of my friends on Devils Road and a black SUV sped up behind us and then turned into the woods. There was no, There was no dirt road or anything, it just turned right into the woods. Then the next thing I knew, he was coming full speed right towards us. One time, when we were there, it was a full moon and I could see a fire in the outlines of about 12 to 15 people standing in a circle around it, and then I got chased off by two Broncos. Why would it be
1: driving towards you? It wants you to go off the road. It's not going to drive towards you. Then you're stuck on the road. Mm. I, then
0: you got to go backwards. And from the road, like, I can't stress this enough that, like, you'll have to, like, it's, like, 701 Cossett, Cossett Road, whatever that town is called. You, you can Google it. Like, you can't see pictures of it. There's no road pictures, but you can do satellite imaging of that area. And... I don't know what guardhouse they're talking about because there's no structure at the base of the driveway. Mm. But it is a very, very, very long driveway that goes to the top of a hill. And then it's just covered in forest. There is... Hm. You can't see the house from the road. So all of these people that are like, I saw the house.
1: Well, Julie, I guess we're going to have to go find I saw out. saw the house. Road trip.
0: I mean, if somebody lets me up there, sure. But, like, I'm not just going to go backpacking in, like, some random driveway. Like, no. Mm-mm and it's not because if there's anything to fear in that whole thing I would be afraid of the KKK members even though I fit their agenda I would still be terrified like I don't want to be part of this
1: listen (laughs) it's not even like any of it it doesn't matter like random people are illegally doing something in a place that they're not supposed to be so you're a threat to them no matter what right so it doesn't matter whether you're the kkk guys or the satan worshipers you're a threat to what they're doing which they're not supposed to be doing so you're probably in trouble or on you know
0: i just i am and maybe whoever lives there maybe they hunt and they just haven't gotten to skinning all those animals yet you know i mean there's a lot of forests Uh... there so that's the cold house on Devil's Road. Cool. And I'm not sure, oh, and the trees. I have to I have to say this. So the trees, the trees, the trees, the trees. They don't necessarily bend. It's not that they're bending. You can see that like on that side of the road, there are electrical wires and it looks like they cropped the trees so that the middle part of the tree and everything to the right is cut off. Mm-hmm. So only the left side of the tree is left. It doesn't really look like the trees are bending. It's just the way that the tree has been left. But, the, of course, with the rumor, they'll be like, no, they've never been cut. Nobody's ever cut them. That's just the no, way that they because grow. because they don't cut
1: trees around electrical lines ever. That doesn't happen. Like,
0: Do you think that maybe when they put up the electrical wires, they fucking cut the trees then? Because obviously they would have to. They're big trees. They've been there for a long time.
1: Sorry. Uh, this I, was, I this love, was a fun, angry, I feel like this is a really angry story. Like, I just, like, yeah, I love local people. legend.
0: Like, you know, if I know. you're going to have local legend, at least ha- give me some fucking finite proof, you know? Finite proof. Somebody, one of y'all motherfuckers that live out there, that keep going up there. I've been there a hundred times. But I've never once <laughs> taken a photo. <laughs> Borrowed a camera. I've never once done any Ooh. of that. So I did watch one YouTube video. And it was a guy, and I think he was on that road. I don't really know. It's very indiscernible. They In that part, I swear, in that part of the county, all of those back roads look exactly the same. They do. Um, but he's like, oh, I'm being followed. And, like, he shows, like, what is behind him. And, yes, it's a black truck, but it's not. It just looks like somebody is behind him. It's just, it's a tiny, like, Chevy S10, like it's just this tiny little fucking truck it's nothing ominous or big or foreboding it's just a little truck man it's just a little truck and then let's say somebody really does live in this house and there's all these rumors surrounding it and all you stupid motherfuckers keep going up into that house you're lucky that you haven't been shot at this point that's all i'm saying because if it was me and if it were my house i would have just shot you like true story. And then that would have taken care of all the fucking rumors and more people coming out there. <laughs> like just anyway. That's just me. People don't be stupid. Or if you if you do drive by and you happen to see cult happenings, get it on fucking video. It's 2022. You everybody's got a camera in their hands at all times. I want evidence. I want I want proof. Give me proof or this story is just a load of crock shit. <clears throat> Sorry, Bucks County, or er, where are you? I don't even know. Chadsford Ford County. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Nicole has a handwritten story today. It's quite <laughs> fabulous.
1: <laughs> Nicole didn't have time to type up her notes, so we're gonna do the best we can. It's um, gonna be great. It's gonna be something is what it's gonna <laughs> be. It's,
0: it's gonna um, be a Sunday story. The
1: trick is reading my own writing again. Yeah, so oh. anyway. So, I'm going to talk about Dorothy Kilgallen, and she's awesome. So, that's the first thing that we have to know about her, (laughs) is that she is awesome. And we will... I'm going to tell you about her life. awesome. She was. She was killing it. She was, for her time, like, so ahead of her time. Amazing. Um, So, we're going to talk about her life and everything, and then we'll talk about um, the circumstances that many people feel led to her death. Mm -hmm. So all right she was born in chicago in 1913 um her dad was a reporter his name was jim kilgallen and he was a fairly well-established reporter um he's you know known to have interviewed al capone thomas edison he covered dachau and you know well um he covered the rosenbergs trial like he was a he was not a nobody so um
0: Good start when she was
1: little, they traveled around a bit, and then he finally got a permanent posting for the um, doesn't matter. It was the international something something. It's in my notes somewhere, but anyway, <laughs> he got a permanent posting, and it's an international thing though. So he's post like he's in New York, and they mm-hmm. live in Brooklyn, but he travels still to go and cover cool. world events, yeah. whatnot. So um, Dorothy was and I mean it's kind of important because this will come up later, but she was really into like theater, performed in plays, like that mm. was her thing. But she also wanted to be a reporter like her dad.
0: Aww.
1: So um she went to high school and then went to the College of New Rochelle. And she was really smart, but she wasn't a good student. And um, she dropped out after two semesters because she was offered a job at the New York Evening Journal. And this paper was owned by the Hearst Corporation, which also owned the paper that her dad worked for. So you know, he got her the job, but she goes, but she goes on to prove herself. You know, yep, she got her start from daddy, but you know what? They gave her a two-week trial, and she had two weeks to prove that she could, mm-hmm. you know, do this, and she nailed it. Basically, um, after two weeks, she dropped out of college and started working there full time. Um, mm-hmm. She was originally given a bunch of the, you know, crap, because, mm-hmm. like, she's the new young girl. She's, like, you know, I forget, 16, 17 years old? 17 when this happened. She's, Good like, perk. very young.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so well, she... Well, although,
0: you know, 17's quite old for back then, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess, but... <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, and this is the 30s, right? So she's a woman mm-hmm. in a man's job doing mm-hmm. a man's work, And I read a couple of things and I listened to a couple of podcasts and there's some great stories about how early on um, she basically like, you know, a guy wrote this piece and everybody like they all did rewrites Mm -hmm. of it and she did a rewrite and everybody was like, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. And not until then did she like put her hand up and go, yeah, I did that. Like she kind of went, yeah, in your face.
0: Motherfucker. Yeah.
1: So um, she really did want to cover like major stuff. Um, so she, her first big story was a crime. Because funny thing, true crime was super popular back then too. It, it, it's a thing. People yes. are obsessed with
0: murder. So
1: it was a murder trial of a woman who was being tried for murdering her husband by lacing his pudding with arsenic. Good for Chocolate her. Chocolate pudding specifically. Um, And her defense was that he cheated on her. (laughs) But Mm. it was her first major headline. She covered the story, you know, did the whole thing. Um, She also covered um, another one that made her first um, front page was she was another woman who paid a hitman to kill her husband. Mm. Um, But the thing that made her stand out and the reason she went so quickly from being the low level whatever to Mm -hmm. a front page reporter is she took the time to understand the law. So when she was covering things like this, she actually had a really good understanding of what was happening in the courtroom and wasn't just kind of sensationalizing it. it. And she was an excellent storyteller and was able to make it interesting at the same time. So um, like me, (laughs) 1935, she basically covers the trial of the century, which is the Lindbergh baby murder or kidnapping kidnapping and murder. Well, it was murder, yeah. Um, And after that, she got her first column. It was called The Hollywood Scene. And this did kind of shift her stuff a little bit, right? So, um, but it was a serious look at Hollywood. There was some rumors and all that fun stuff, too. Mm -hmm. But she was really, like, doing this weekly column about Hollywood. And this was a huge, like, success for her at this point. Um, She also participated in this really crazy thing. And it's kind of like the amazing race, basically. (laughs) So like three journalists were picked to travel around the world and who could do it quickest won. And you had to use available transportation where you were, like trains or like buses. And it was like sponsored by an airline to kind of make it like air travels the best, basically, Um, right, right. Yeah. Um, So she, but she did it. She came in second place. Mm and she kept notes the whole time and basically used like she published a book oh, cool. of her journey mm-hmm. you know and it was called a girl um girl around the world and it actually inspired the film flyaway baby and the person that's the main character in the film flyaway <laughs> baby which i've never seen i'm not gonna pretend like i know old movies i don't but the person who the main character that you know is in the movie is her at least like Basically her, yeah. Yeah. And she helped produce the movie and helped with some of the writing. So, like, yeah, she's really moving on up, right? Um, She did some acting right about this time because, Mm -hmm. you know, she was involved in this movie thing. Um, And she also was starting to be, like... She was starting to get other assignments besides the column. Mm -hmm. And so she was getting... You know a little more worldly like she was going and um meeting more of the rich and famous people um she was just you know
0: the duponts and the van probably no
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah she's just you know like she's doing her column but she's also doing other things and continuing to be a reporter like she never stops being a reporter mm-hmm. she's a lot of things but she's always a at the heart of it a reporter um her next column It was the voice of Broadway, and she will do this column until her death. Um, It was syndicated in over 200 papers across the country. Damn. And um, it was just, you know, it was a really big deal. So um, one of the stories she covered was about this guy named Richard Colmer, and he had a party, and he made all of his guests dress like children or, like, in children's costumes, and she thought that was very funny. (laughs) <laughs> like she felt that, that she liked his sense of humor. So they met for drinks in November, 1939. And after six dates, they were engaged and married in 1940.
0: It's quick. Good for them.
1: Yeah. So she obviously kept her name and she was like mm-hmm. adamant about it. And mm-hmm. you have to think about this in 1940 and how big of a deal that is. Right. Um, so she and him moved to Park Avenue. They had two kids and during the time when she's raising her kids, she kept her column. Um, she had radio programs that she hosted and produced um, that kind of like tied with her column. Mm-hmm. And she was known as the First Lady of Broadway. Um, 1947, so she's asked to be a panelist on the hit CBS game show, What's My Line?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And again, she will continue to be a guest panelist on this show till, till her death. Mm-hmm. Um, and like other contestants just to give you a frame of reference like we're <laughs> this was like on cbs when you had like three television channels and it was like the big you know one mm-hmm. of the big things that they aired but like elizabeth taylor was on john wayne was on groucho marx was on like you know yeah. like and there was yeah. other random people too so like i don't think she was a how she was a household name like we don't remember her but like mm-hmm. she was clear, at, the, at time. the time she was yeah. definitely a household name um but back to her journalism and her just absolute like when she saw bullshit she called it mm-hmm. and at this point she's established herself enough that she really can yeah. right you know she's got a place where she has a little bit of power and ability to call things out so um in the 1950s when all of the like mccarthyism and jager hoover were trying to like you know route out all the communists um, there was like a, uh, journal, uh, it was a journal called counterattack and they published a pamphlet called the anti-communist or called the red, called red channels. And it listed over a hundred actors, musicians, writers, all the people. And this happened a lot in that time period. If you mm-hmm. want to know more about it, it's really interesting. Um, cause we were a bunch of assholes basically.
0: Marilyn Monroe was on it.
1: This is before her. Oh. But, um, so she was like, these are my people. I know these people. Yeah. Like, and she wrote a, you know, a counterattack basically, like knowing full well that she's going up against the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover and everybody else yeah. who's
0: behind this. What? Why do you think they picked certain people like that?
1: I mean, because honestly, like at the time, communists, like they were communists. It's about our perception of whether communism is good or bad. I mean. They, they just had were, a more
0: liberal way of thinking.
1: Yes, they were our allies in World War II. This is 1950, mm-hmm. so like the Cold War is just getting started, mm-hmm. and so you know, that's if I you was. if you thought differently or you had a more socialist view of the world, you were a communist sympathizer and you had right. to be squashed. That's all. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, not to say that some of the people that they picked probably were only because of association, but a lot mm-hmm. of the people that were named were communists. Like yeah. it was very popular in hollywood to be a communist like there was whole organizations and mm-hmm. so it's not like it's not really a smear campaign so much it's just about the perception of what that means right like yeah. they, they're not spying for russia they're just seeing the world differently yeah that's all um so then next she decides to cross the uh the cia because you know Messing with J. Edgar Hoover isn't enough, so let's let's see what going. we can do with the yeah. CIA. <laughs> um, so there's this. I'm not going to get into this, this whole thing called Radio Free Europe, and it was this thing that the uh, Americans did to like disseminate information across Europe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's supposed to be this like you know altruistic thing where they're helping people see you know like find the real news of what's happening mm-hmm. instead of like state controlled news and things like that. I'm but right. what most people think, and which is probably and what is probably a hundred percent true is that the CIA was just using this platform to spread their message Mm. and what they wanted to get across and she basically called them out for it
0: (laughs) like hey by the way
1: yeah so now basically the CIA hates her um so her husband was known to have other ladies and he stepped out a lot and she didn't actually care so she stepped out a lot too so they have this really like they never get divorced and they're married forever but they basically have this like you know open relationship but a couple of the people that she did now these are not the only people but i'm going to tell you these two people because they're specifically important to her greater story okay the first one is this guy named bob bach he was the producer from what's my line Mm -hmm. okay um and he went to school with the kennedys oh boy and the other one is a singer named johnny ray who was known to hang out at places like the Copacabana in New York City with Sinatra Mm -hmm. and specifically with mob boss Lou Costello. So these are people that she spends time with. Now, at this point, she's very excited. She gets to cover JFK's wedding and the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, two big coups in her, you know, Mm -hmm. in her hat.
0: Her, her Feathers in her
1: hat. Like, I don't know, making things up as I go. Because I'm repertoire. trying to read my notes. I'm doing really good here. <laughs> I actually am. This is probably better than when I have it really done. So.
0: This is her new format for everything. This is my new
1: format. <laughs> Sprawling. This
0: is notes.
1: We're going back in time, baby. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, um, I love notes. I Yeah, so she... But she received several, she never won one, but she did receive several Pulitzer Prize nominations at this time. Mm -hmm. But I mentioned the Kennedys because she becomes a little obsessed with the Kennedys later. She's pretty into the Kennedys.
0: Like, she's just obsessed with what they're doing or she's romantically obsessed?
1: No, she just thinks, like, she's interested in, in him as a politician and, like, you know, thinks he's a good president and like you know so like she's she's following his career
0: Mm, she's watching his career okay
1: okay and she knows about all the other stuff too and I'll tell you that in a minute but like that part isn't really her like politics were important to her it wasn't her concern so much that he was like stepping out it was more that like
0: no I thought maybe she was into him no 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 with him too
1: um okay so (sighs) sorry see we were doing really good and then I stopped Okay. So, um as I said, she never gave up on journalism and decided at this point, it was 1954, and she really wanted to get back into doing crime. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, "I love my column. It has made me very successful. I'm on TV. Like right. I have all this going for me, but I really miss doing what I love, which is like crime mm-hmm. and politics and stuff like like serious journalism." So, she ends up following or she ends up covering the Sam Shepard murder case. No. Oh. Okay, so this is a famous murder that happened in 1954, I believe. This is what I wrote down. If I get dates wrong, I'm sorry. That's because my notes are my notes, and it's like whatever. But anyway, this is netty. a huge. This is a huge case. So Sam Shepard is accused of killing his wife. So there, are, I don't know if people know this. I know this because it's me. Because
0: you.
1: But you. <laughs> so basically, and it's very controversial. So him and his wife have friends over like like game night like you know like oh, we nice. do Oh nice yeah yeah So and he's a doctor he's well off they have mm-hmm. a nice place they have friends over the f- Sam's tired he like kind of like he doesn't like pass out but he like falls asleep um and so his wife I think her name I'm um, Marilyn maybe Helen Helen I don't know it doesn't matter I'm just going to call it his wife she Miss Shepherd. She's like, all right, you know, everybody should go. And so everyone leaves. And his story is that in the middle of the night, he woke up to his wife screaming, goes upstairs, and there's a guy attacking his wife. And he attacks the guy, he gets knocked out, and then, like, wakes up again. He's still attacking. Like, it's a whole fight. He, like, explains Hmm. that all this stuff happened. Well, the police don't believe him. They believe that he killed her. He doesn't really have any motive. There's no, like, strong motive for him to kill her. Um, They had just been with friends and everything. And there was some suspicious things. Like, some stuff was taken from the house, but it was found, like, in the backyard. Like, it wasn't found. Like, it was kind of weird. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into whether or not I think he actually killed his wife or not. but um, it's a good story for another time. Sure is. But Dorothy followed this trial. So, two things. First, she was so mad because... Everyone treated her like a celebrity. Like the judge was like infatuated with her, and it's like she's like I'm just trying to do work. Yeah. Like I'm here to do work, and everyone's like,
0: "Can I get your autograph?"
1: And she was really annoyed by that because, like I said, she took all of this really she's seriously. Be a
0: human being. She
1: was just like, "Gosh, ah, stop!" So anyway, when he was found guilty, um, she very much felt that the state had not proven their case. Mm-hmm. Like they had not proven beyond a reasonable doubt
0: that, that he it. killed
1: her. And what this was was one of the first and reason it's so important really is because it's one of the first times where someone really got tried in the media, like the media covered this sensationalist story. And he, you know, most people think he was found guilty, whether you think he did it or not, the state didn't really have a lot of proof. Mm -hmm. And so like, basically, if not, not for the media coverage, it probably would have been a lot different. Yeah. So anyway, she does help his lawyer actually file um, an appeal, a, a petition for something that I didn't write down, but it was some legal term.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he, so she gets him out of jail, she helps to get him out of jail, and then he's retried and he is acquitted. Oh nice. Um, whether or not he did it, I mean, he still could have done it. It's not to say he didn't, mm-hmm. but she was very strict about her thing was the law, like following it. Yeah. Like there's no way mm-hmm. that you proved your case. Right. Like that's the way this is supposed to work okay um the next person she decides to piss off is frank sinatra <laughs> i mean like i love this woman so much like i bet she was a blast to hang out with. oh yeah so in 1956 she published a uh, series like a whole series of columns just basically about what a womanizing asshole frank sinatra is and i mean totally true and and like i didn't write some of this stuff down because I, I listened to some of this on a podcast and it was so funny they were like she's like you know you were boring uninteresting and something like i forget what else like before you were famous and now that you're famous you're still just boring uninteresting <laughs> she was great so um so he was like um oh and she also called out his time <laughs> this is a little stupid she also calls out his ties to mob to the mob Mm -hmm. which most people knew Mm -hmm. but she actually names mickey cohen and sam Giancana in her column which you know i probably wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. but so sinatra shot back i mean he was Mm -hmm. like you know whatever um but she didn't uh she okay so again she decides to piss the cia off one more time because you know once isn't enough um so she so this is the cuban missile crisis um or the Bay of Pigs, basically, and she was kind of outspoken against Castro. And she went down to Miami and interviewed Cuban refugees about you know what was going on in Cuba at the time. Um, but like she she was the first person to basically say that the CIA and the mob tried to kill Castro. Like she yeah. said it straight up. And other people will come to believe that, but she was the first person that was like, hey this is what's going on yeah. with this shit. And right after that her boyfriend that Johnny Ray dude, he got arrested for having sex with men. Um and she definitely felt that that was a result of her her story basically. Um, um he was acquitted so that was good, but um anyway. So things are going well for her despite her angering of the world. Yeah. Um she's got a star on the walk of fame. She just got a new publishing deal. And in 1960, JFK debates Nixon, and she covers it. And she, that's when she starts following his career. She, well, she'd been following it, but she really gets into it at this point. And she's like, um, yeah, he, he's going to win, and he's going to be the next president, and he's going to do things. Mm-hmm. So um, she's also, at the same time, following a new starlet named Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> um, so,
0: <laughs> What year was this?
1: 1959.
0: Oh, yeah. Marilyn wasn't. Marilyn became an actress in like the late 40s. And I think people forget that. She was an actress for a really but long time. She wasn't
1: famous. But it wasn't
0: until she started like hanging out with the Kennedys. No, no.
1: Like she wasn't famous though. Like her, like she was at this time is when she was really famous. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean though? Yeah. Like it's different. There's one thing about being in movies. There's a million people who have been in movies right. that they've never heard of. Yeah. This is when she became more of a household name. This is when she became like Marilyn Monroe. Right, like yeah. the the thing that we think of when we think of Marilyn Monroe. I'm not trying to be dismissive no, of it, but like that's kind of what yeah. she's she's not just someone in the movies now. She's this I don't know, Starlet, whatever you what do they want to call it, right? Like cuz she's now gaining her um you know, she has her famous marriages and you know, mm. all that stuff. So like, but before that, I'm not saying she wasn't famous. It's just different.
0: Right. It's like, no, I got you. I'm trying to think of in somebody now. Well, yeah. Like, I, I mean, there's anybody. people that are in movies all the
1: time and like you watch, we watch them and I'm like, oh, that's that person from that movie. Right. And then there's like people that are like legit famous,
0: like Beyonce right like there's like daniel craig before 007 and daniel craig after right yeah who the fuck were you before you were james bond even though you were in like 20 movies you've been an actor for the past 30 years i don't know who you are so that's what i'm getting yeah no it's fine sorry okay digressing
1: um so it's at this point too she she sets up a meeting and the guy bob bach that she knew um Kennedy's in the White House, and she sets up. A, she wants to meet him. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, I've been covering you. Like, a, yeah. So her and her son actually go, and he gets her in to the White House, and she sits and hangs out with him for the day and meets him. Cool. And it was just like important to her. Like she was really excited mm-hmm. about that. Um. So, it the same in the same breath though. In 1962, she was the first one to expose the relationship between Marilyn and JFK. So, <laughs> that's fun. Um, And the best part is... There had to be some... August 3rd, 1962, Marilyn died two days later. She, like, her column came out two days later, Marilyn's dead. So if we're going to go conspiracy crazy, like... Yeah. She's... People that we think may have killed Marilyn or were involved, including... Potentially the Kennedys, the CIA, any of these people. She's pissed all of them off mostly, except for the Kennedys really. But she's pissed a lot of them off. So like, it's kind of interesting. They're probably reading her, her column pretty closely. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: because other people are reading it too. Yeah.
1: Okay. So um, Kennedy is killed in 1963. And this is when things take a turn for her. And this is where my notes are going to get a little funky because they're kind of out of order. So I'm going to try and make sure that I don't do this wrong. Okay. So um, Kennedy's killed and then Jack Ruby's killed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or Jack Ruby kills Oswald. Mm -hmm. Right. Jack Ruby's killed. Um, Ruby kills Oswald. And she's like, what the fuck? How did... And this is her main question. I'm going to go through the whole thing. How did the most like how did the biggest bad guy in america right now how did some lowly nightclub owner get access to kill him him right because all the answers if if oswald did it and it's just oswald Mm -hmm. all the answers lie with him all the whys hows all of it yeah nobody gets any of those answers because he's dead right so anyway she's like um no. Because he wasn't secure. He was out in public. Like she, so anyway, she wanted answers. And she spent the next two years digging for those answers. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. So.
1: All right. February 12th, 1964. Um, actually, that's backwards. But we're going to start there. So this is when um, Ruby's pretrial trial First time ruby's going to court okay, okay jack ruby mm-hmm. um he has a famous lawyer named melvin Bellet. and he's mostly a civil lawyer which i thought was super weird but um not a criminal lawyer right yeah. so and she knows who he is you know she's aware of this man so she and everyone else shows up for court that day and instead of Like, they don't know what the plea... This is when they do the plea. And he basically... The lawyer stands up and pleads, not guilty by reason of insanity. So she's just blown away. Because she's like, great. So now anything Jack Ruby says can be chalked up to him being insane, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So... um, and i mean i was i don't know obviously i feel like most people should know this but like oswald never said he did it mm-hmm. he denied it till he was killed mm-hmm. so i'm not saying he didn't do it i'm just saying that this is not a man who was like yeah going I out and saying assassinated him right motherfucker i hate that guy you know right. like that was not what was going on but he was only alive for two days after it happened so we really didn't get a lot of information about it um and to be fair J. Edgar Hoover steps in, and I actually listened to a six-part thing about J. Edgar Hoover recently. It's fucking crazy. But anyway, <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover steps in on um, the 26th of November, which is, like, Jesus three Christ. days three days later. Um, I'm sorry. I, I jumped with the oh, pretrial trial okay, thing. Okay. So let's go back to right after Oswald's killed, okay? Okay. Like, a day later... Well, the day of, the day before, Hoover told Dallas the FBI would be taking over the investigations of both murders. Then, the next day, he declares that it was not a conspiracy and Oswald did it alone.
0: Interesting.
1: And three days after that, Johnson establishes the Warren Commission. Because, basically, people like Dorothy are out there railing, like, no, we need more answers than J. Edgar Hoover saying. Right, there's more to this. Right. The public deserves answers. And she was adamant about it. And she wrote about it a yeah. lot. Like, the public wants to know right. what is happening. Um, so she begins her investigation. And she focuses in on the witness statements and all of the inconsistencies. Um, and if you know anything about the Kennedys, this is a major one. So the whole three bullets in 8.6 seconds from the school book depository. Two hits, one misses. Mm-hmm first of all is insane Mm -hmm. 8.6 seconds we're not talking about like what we use now weapon wise Mm -hmm. um but anyway she also focused on witness statements who said that they heard a shot multiple witness statements say they heard a shot coming from what we call the grassy knoll Mm -hmm. and um also one of the bullets that exited kennedy's throat supposedly went into governor connolly and broke his rib his wrist and lodged itself in his thigh
0: that, doesn't make that is sense. one,
1: and they call it the magic bullet, right? It's the how is one bullet just do, bouncing, just all did all the of these things, right? Yeah,
0: ricochet so, all the body parts.
1: um And I, I'm just briefing over the the weird things about the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go full on, I promise. Otherwise, we'll be here all My day.
0: My grandmother was obsessed with the yeah. Kennedy assassination. So,
1: Anyway, so, like, she's looking at all of this, and she's, like, pointing it out, right? She's, like, you know... And back to what I said earlier, she's also, like, even if Oswald was working alone, how is he just literally not guarded at all? Mm -hmm. So, she's not getting the access that she wants to investigate this. Um, So, she, like, decides to hit up the lawyer. Oh. Okay, so... Jack Ruby, like, she asks... Like, she she's like, okay, I'm not finding out what I want. Like, I'm finding out things, but I'm not getting what I really want. She wants to know more about Jack Ruby. Because mm-hmm. she thinks that there's a key there. Like, there's something there. So, she she knows that this guy, Bellet, kind of, like, digs her. Aww. So, she totally uses that at the trial. Like, you know, I yes. said she was at that pre-trial. So, she, like, asks him out for drinks and, like, yeah. tries to get him to, like, talk to her. And, um... And he knows her too because he actually represented Mickey Cohen, who is one of the people that she called out before the gangster Mickey Cohen. Mm-hmm. So like it's a whole thing. So anyway, she's like, "Can I please interview Jack Ruby?" And he's like, "No, he's insane. You can't. You can't talk to him." Um. So also, so I don't even know. So this is kind of weird. So Belle, this guy's kind of like shady, and she knows it too because she's just like, first of all, you are known to have represented gangsters and he also um so mickey cohen's girlfriend also was represented by ballet who had the same judge in her trial as the judge in the jack ruby case joe b brown
0: are there not that many judges (laughs) Was so, there are only a few in her mind. Though that was a
1: lot of weird coincidences, right? Right, like yeah. that's all very odd. Yes, right. Yeah, like um, like it was a cast of characters that all sh- were like together again on this biggest yeah. of all cases, but like also the same people that were like basically a mobster's girlfriend trial. Like it's yeah. just odd. So yeah. anyway, um, this is where better notes would come in handy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so she like i said she's trying to get in with him she's just like can i interview him and he's like no um so she does interview an officer and she finds this out and i thought this was really interesting which is why i wrote it down um so after the shooting after ruby shoots Mm -hmm. oswald Mm -hmm. he's very agitated when he's taken to his cell because he's already in the damn police station (laughs) <laughs> which is the crazy part right so he's already in there and he's super agitated and like the officer that took him basically was like he kept like he was just shaking and he's looking around he's like did, he, did, he, did I kill him did I kill him is he dead and when the officer and he like asked for a cigarette because he's all agitated mm-hmm. and the officer goes back and comes and he's like yeah he's dead and like as soon as he told him that he calmed down like he was fine weird and the officer's like hey do you want another cigarette and he's like no I don't smoke because he was so like the idea is like he he had to kill Oswald. Yeah. Not because he wanted to but because somebody was yeah. making him. Um, so she also got a tip and it's Ruby or Oswald or Ruby and Oswald or Ruby claims that him and Oswald didn't know each other, but she got a tip that that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And with some pretty good evidence um, so she at some point decides to go around the lawyer and sends a message to Jack Ruby like she hands him a piece of paper that she wants to meet with him. Um, so they have a brief eight minute meeting in the courthouse, you know, during this trial. Um, and the next day she runs an exclusive that says nervous Ruby feels breaking point near on the verge of something he didn't understand and that he was scared, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, and so her whole thing is she's finding out information but she doesn't really say what she finds out like like we know a little bit but we don't know because she's kind of building up to something obviously um she's also really thinks it's strange that they're letting him go to trial they could easily do a plea because nobody you know Mm. like but no her lawyer his lawyer is like adamant that they have to have a trial they have to go through the whole thing he won't let ruby testify um. so at the same time oh yeah her, the lawyer does this this is so crazy so he keeps accidentally calling him Oswald instead of Ruby during the trial this is a really good lawyer obviously Oswald is the most hated man in America right now He just killed our president and he keeps supposedly. slipping up supposedly right but yeah. he keeps slipping up and saying right you know he's the face of the death of the president right yeah And so she gets another interview with Ruby and the judge who also had a crush on her and thought she was the shit gives her like a private chamber. I know she like, she just, she could do all the things. It was amazing. So, and whatever she learned in this second interview, she took to her grave. She never put anything out about it. Motherfucker. Um, he was sentenced to death and she basically just said in her column that like, not all of the evidence is out there, like Ruby sentenced to death. She's like, this is not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay. So 1964, August 9th, she publishes, and this is when she also starts making people mad again. I love her. I. This is like me. This is what I want to do. Just want to piss people off. Mad. So mad. So she gets her hands on through her sources the testimony or the the interview with police from jack ruby okay it's like 102 pages she publishes the whole thing oh my god it's classified she's not supposed to have it at all publishes it and not only does she publish it in her little column the ap picks it up so like it gets broadcast everywhere and obviously the FBI was fucking pissed because they took, as I told you, took over the investigations. Mm-hmm. So they are furious and they're like, you have to tell us who your source is. And like, she's like, no, no, I don't. And I won't. Oh, my God. So she does find out, too, that he had friends in the Dallas PD. Those officers used to go to his nightclub. So like him getting in there wasn't that strange. Um, so there's clearly, you know, um, stuff going on and then she also comes across the original police she and how she got all this is amazing because like this stuff was not out there she got the original police dispatch log from the day of kennedy's assassination dallas police chief was told his officers to go to the overpass to see what was happening when he was interviewed by reporters like the next day he told them his first orders were to go to the book depository where oswald was but that's not what he told them to do at all <laughs> further infuriating the fbi that's what i wrote right it's so, so great um obviously the warren commission comes back and says it's not a conspiracy and she's just like nope um i still don't believe that yeah so, like there's more to this yeah so she keeps going and this is when she starts making some strange trips to new orleans mm-hmm. one trip She brought her hair and all of this so the thing that sucks is that um what we know about this part all comes from people who like worked for her yeah so like it's like her hairdresser or makeup artist and people like that second hand yeah but she goes to new orleans and she said like her hairdresser said that um she had asked him to go with her Mm -hmm. but he shouldn't travel with her and stay in a separate hotel because she didn't want him to get like involved in it Um, but also wanted someone to know where she was yeah like that she was there and if something happened like so apparently according to him and he could have dramatized this but according to him she called him like halfway through the trip and was like go home get the hell out of here like i don't want you to be in danger and the next time she went she went with her makeup artist and she or she told her makeup artist she was going and she was going to meet a source but she never revealed who that was and what she found out Um, But her trips to New Orleans became pretty regular and this was like she was digging into something really big. So at this point, it's November 1965, she's been investigating hardcore for two years. And as I said, she's uncovered a lot of things. Like she has probably shown more information about this than anyone else. Like, um, But she told people close to her that she felt that her life was in danger. Like, she definitely was scared for her life at this point. No, November 7th is her last appearance on What's My Line. Afterwards, she had a drink with her producer friend and boyfriend, Bob Bach, and she told Bach that she had a late date that night. Her husband says he saw her at the house around 11 p.m. She seemed happy, and she was leaving to go write her column. Apparently, she was a night person. (laughs) I'm like, 11 p.m.? (laughs) Yeah. Um, the piano player at the Regency Hotel bar said he saw her around 2 a.m. with a man whose identity is unknown. And then the next day, she was found around noon by her maid dead. She had a lethal combination of drugs and alcohol in her system. Go figure. Um, yeah, so barbiturates barbi- on- and alcohol. Is it
0: the only way that they knew how to kill people back then? I mean, my God. So...
1: Um, so anyway, like, here's the thing. Um, so it's really hard to, it was barely a lethal dose, Mm -hmm. like barely. So that's the first thing. Um, one of the drugs was prescribed to her, but the other two weren't. And she drank. It's just like,
0: everybody does.
1: Well, like, you know, she came up in, in the thirties, right? Like, and this is now the sixties. Like she drank, but she wasn't an alcoholic. She wasn't Marilyn, like she wasn't a like druggy, like, sorry that was horrible, I don't mean it like that, but like she wasn't She didn't have an
0: addiction problem Right, like yeah. she wasn't
1: a regular user of, you know, she took a fl- sleeping pill every once in a while type thing And mm-hmm. she drank, but like they, you know, even during the autopsy, like, you know, there was some like fatty liver shit But like she didn't have cirrhosis, she wasn't some sort of like, you know, yeah. fall down drunk and her, people that knew her said that, you know, that that wasn't her. Like, yeah. sure, she had a good time, but work always came first. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the most important thing. So, um, people, so, like, it's hard to say. It could easily be an accidental overdose, right? Eh. But it could also not be. I don't care. And, like, they could have easily... Like, so she was out having drinks with this person who could have put something in her drink. Mm-hmm. Um, she could have been, you know, forced to take it. Like, they could have threatened her family because she had kids, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, I know her and her husband's relationship was weird, but, like, I think they, you know... They were still together. Yeah, then. they were yeah, still they together. Were they had their thing. Um, so, anyway, a lot of people think that... Um, that she, was, that she was killed. And supposedly there's some dude that's, like, been investigating. He wrote a book, which I now want to read because I'm obsessed with this woman. Um, and he's thinking about, like, having her body exhumed to do another autopsy for DNA. Like, oh. for touch DNA. Yeah. To see if, like, you know. Oh, that's cool. To see if somebody else was there with her. Or if she really just took one too many pills and wasn't paying attention. Because, I mean, it's also likely. But it's interesting about the Monroe connection, the Marilyn Monroe connection, because they both had bad relationships with Sinatra and Sam. Yeah. And she found out that the, um, like if she found out that the CIA or the mob really killed Kennedy or were involved Mm -hmm. and like, she's doing these trips and getting her proof because she's not going to report it till she knows. Mm -hmm. But if she does, if she did find that out, um, that'd and be huge. That'd be huge. And Kennedy and the CIA didn't get along because after Bay of Pigs, they had a really <laughs> bad relationship after that. Probably and why so, he's dead. Right. Exactly. So like, <laughs> but they also know she doesn't keep her mouth shut. Right. They know that like, once she gets the proof, She'll she's tell. going to tell. Right. And she was not afraid to do so. And she did. Her whole life. Um, also, you know, even like the Warren Commission basically showing that they're a distraction, that they were just used as cover.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, which also looks shitty on them because it makes them look like incompetent. They have to like, yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know, so. <sighs> Interestingly, one last thing about, back to Kennedy one more time. So back to um, Ruby who, and I think it was really smart that she went after him,
0: mm-hmm. like that
1: that was her angle because like, not to say that it couldn't have been other people or whatever, but like she picked that as the place to go and investigate. And I think that was a really smart place to go because there's clearly something going on.
0: With, you mean, with like, Ruby?
1: Yeah, following oh. Jack Ruby. Well, and, like, and I like that, think it's super he's, smart.
0: He's the weak link, he's, he's the weak, weak link. link. Exactly, yes. which
1: is why at the trial, like why he pled, he was, had to plead, you know, reason, like by yeah. min- like they wouldn't let him speak. Right, and I mean, he was convicted. Like, the insanity plea didn't hold up because mm-hmm. it was ludicrous. Like, right. nothing about the man came off like he was like out of I'm his saying. mind that and night. What
0: did he say to Oswald when he shot him?
1: I forget. Yeah. Um,
0: he said something right yeah. before he shot him in the stomach of all places. I know, which probably why he was so worried he was dead or ah. not, because, you know, like. <laughs> you get one shot and you do it right in the stomach. Uh, oh. So Slow, painful But death.
1: the other thing is, so. Uh, Ruby was getting retried cuz he um, like I don't know shit was it was there was a retrial and I don't I didn't write down why and I don't actually remember but he was he died in prison 2 months before he was supposed to testify at his retrial
0: cuz they didn't want him to testify exactly
1: so um, obviously there was no physical evidence that anybody was in her house but like you know
0: but well, where was her husband
1: um, well he wasn't there like i think they had separate houses
0: oh i see oh, like or they smart. have multiple places right. like they had
1: multiple like she went to work and i think she had a place that she went but he, that was her place that he she said did he work. saw her
0: at the house that night that
1: night right but then she went back out later and so and who knows maybe he was there and that didn't, they didn't What's really saying, get into that I, didn't, I don't kids? know um i didn't so everything I read had, like, no info about her kids, which is why okay. I need to read the book. And I'll let you oh, know when okay. I find out more about that. Yeah. Like, but no, basically, I think that it's not mentioned because nobody thinks that any of that had anything to do with her death. Um, but really interesting. Last thing. My last tidbit. All of this research that she's been working on for two years. Something disappeared. It's all gone. Yeah. Nothing. Of course it's all it did. gone. All of it so i mean honestly if we're gonna be yeah like i don't know what a relationship with their kids is like i don't know you know obviously the husband and her that was fine like if you're looking at it why is that all that shit gone that's the first thing like
0: yeah but she seems like she would have been smart enough that she would have hit it so somebody would have had to have yeah. known so where somebody would have it. to
1: know but like even still but if she was she went to go work that night she was writing that night like she I'm might sure have she had, had it most her. of it in her head
0: yeah. though yeah uh, maybe But if she was going to meet a man, she could have just lied and be like, I'm going to go work. Work is a very loose term for a lot of things. Well, yeah. I mean, and she obviously,
1: according to that witness, did go meet a man that night.
0: So that's what I'm saying. But But it could have been
1: a man that was a source. It could have been something like that.
0: Or a man she thought was a source. source
1: That the CIA planted and said, hey, you know,
0: someone who reached out
1: to her and said, hey, like, I got but stuff I still for you. I think
0: it's weird that she I, she just seems like she was smarter, that she wouldn't have just kept her writing, her sources, her material just willy nilly in the open, laying on the <gasps> yeah, desk. Yeah, I understand somewhere. that, but like she they found nothing. Like no notes. That's why I'm saying that somebody somebody knew where her stuff was and that yeah. had to have been somebody close to her. Maybe, yeah. But it's gone. It's all gone. Whatever she found out. It's in the Pentagon
1: probably but yeah whatever she found out in um
0: new orleans new orleans yeah thank you i couldn't think
1: of it But whatever she found out down there nobody really knows and nobody knows what her second interview with ruby because after that is when she went down and started investigating in new orleans nobody knows what her like what they said i don't know there was that guy in the jfk movie who is that i can't remember I'll have to watch it. I'm gonna rewatch JFK movie today. <laughs> I
0: think it just. I think everything just keeps going back to the CIA. Yeah. Who was but, in charge of the CIA well, at the and, time?
1: And the FBI.
0: Well, the FBI was Hoover, right?
1: <sighs> um, FBI's Hoover, yeah.
0: So who was the, who was in charge of the CIA? I don't remember. Hmm.
1: They don't like. They weren't famous like Hoover. Like it was, you know, a clearly a more clandestine operation. So.
0: I think it all goes back to them,
1: probably. Um, But anyway, I just think first of all, I think it's awesome that she was so powerful in her time, and she did so much. And I had never even fucking heard of her until I like read or listened to a podcast about her, like I don't know, like six months ago. And I was like, "How have I never heard of this person?" (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, and she's so cool. So. Yes, a new book. I going to read name? it. Dorothy Kilgallen.
0: Dorothy Kilgallen. Dorothy Kilawesome. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I guess if we could take anything away looking back now, is that if you are involved with Frank Sinatra or the Kennedys or both at the same time, you were fucked. And if you somehow made it out of that alive, you're probably not a very good person or you're seriously traumatized. <laughs> like,. Sure. one of the two and I
1: would say that maybe pissing off the CIA on the regular is probably also not super smart because the CIA is you know a covert operation <laughs> they like agents aren't named unknown folks like well
0: that's what I'm saying I think it all goes back to the CIA yeah I think they did it they but did yeah everything
1: that's it wow that's all I got so after this, I'm headed off to a planning meeting for the Women's Reproductive Rights March that's happening on August 28th. It's a Sunday, 4 p.m., starting at Mansfield University, and then we'll be marching through town. So if that's something you're interested in supporting, um, come join us.
0: I The kids want to go back to Comic-Con today. And I think I actually have to buy tickets so we can go in and look at everything. You don't have to buy tickets to be on the green. Mm -hmm. But to do anything, you have to. Yeah, Beez
1: was checking it out. And he's like, it looks like a lot of comic book dealers. And, like, we don't really. Yeah. It's not like our thing.
0: The library had some kids arts and crafts. They mm -hmm. made, like, little baby Yodas yesterday. Yeah, I saw some of those. And then they have more today. I think the Jeminer's doing something. There's something at the. I wanted to do the
1: makeup thing. Like, the there was oh, a makeup yeah. artist was going to do, like, a presentation. I think that's what's at the Jeminer, actually. Oh. I think Carrie told me that. But we just, honestly, um, so we ended up stopping in at the Roost last night for dinner because we were driving back from the birthday party, which was mm-hmm. in Middlebury, and yeah. we just ended up going there. But um, I don't know. We're all just kind of exhausted, and I don't know if I can people that much today. We might just take the kayaks out instead.
0: I don't know that I... So, like, the kids are super into it. Like, they want to go back. Like, they really want to go back, and they want to wear their costumes. Atticus put his costume, his Batman costume, on yesterday just because he wanted people to ask to take pictures with him. Aww. That's so cool, though. I love that. It was that. pretty cute. Yeah. Because he initially wasn't wearing it. He got mad at it and was upset and didn't want to put it on. Mm-hmm. And then he saw people asking me for photos because I had my Wonder Woman costume on. And then he's like, I want to go back to the car and get my costume so people can take their photo with me. I was like, okay, we can do that. And it was cute. People did. People yeah. asked to, like, take their photos with him. That's and, great. Um, yeah. He was in everything. So they did that character costume parade. And we some we did not mean to be a part of it, but we ended up in it anyway. And Atticus was just, like, right in it. He was right there with everybody, and he's just talking. Like he, I just let him go. <laughs> just just go, child. Just go. Go. Be okay, your be Batman self. <laughs> go be free. It was cute. But anyway. All right. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Yes. As far as I
1: know. I think Assuming so. nothing terrible happens this week.
0: Oh, God. I, I have
1: a big week, but I should
0: be good. It's going to be great. Okay. Bye. Your moms love you. Bye.